Hey friends, welcome to Real Talk with Rachel. I am your host, Rachel Gilbert. Did you know that God has planted extraordinary and unique gifts inside of you? But things like fear, insecurities, lies, and even past wounds keep us from receiving God's best and releasing those gifts into our world. This show is a safe place you can come to hear relevant, engaging, and authentic topics that will help move you confidently in the direction of your God-given dreams. One of those insecurities I've had to wrestle with is body image issues. Raise your hand if you can relate. And as I'm actually recording this episode, I'm going to be 35 years old in just a few short days. So I thought it was fitting to record an episode and just share some of my personal testimony about my body image struggles, since this actually marks 20 years since those lies began to creep into my life. So you don't have to be a math whiz to figure out that since I'm turning 35 years old and it's been 20 years since I've started struggling with this whole body image thing and eating disorders, and I'm about to tell my testimony here in a minute, um, you might have put two or two together that I was 15 years old when I really got majorly entrenched in some nasty, nasty lies from the enemy and went down just a very slippery slope and um, have been kind of struggling on and off over the last 20 years. So this is a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. Um, if you know me at all or if you follow me online, you know that for about 10 years I taught group fitness and um, I'm going to get into that part of my testimony here in a minute. But Here's what I want you to know before I share what I'm about to share with you today, and it's this. I bring this message to you from the trenches, not from a soapbox, because there's going to be parts of today. I'm going to share my testimony, and then I'm going to do a short teaching, and to be honest, I have so much to say on this topic. I've actually decided to turn this into a series over the summer because we all are in that whole bikini body mode and very self-conscious and self-aware and all of this stuff. So I thought it seemed very fitting for me to do a series this summer on this topic because I have way too much to say in one episode. But I am going to get into a little bit of today. I'm going to share, after I share my testimony, I'm going to share with you three biblical truths about your body. And I'm actually going to encourage you to start using a different word for your body. Uh, But here's the deal. Every single time I've taught on this topic, I notice there's two things that rise up in people. And I know this because I've experienced those two things as this topic has been brought into the light. And I have to be honest, I have done a kicking and screaming show when God first started talking to me about this issue that I had. And then he said, oh, yeah, and I'd also like you to teach other people about it. I really plugged my ears for a long time. And honestly, I still plug my ears sometimes when he asks me to speak on it because I am just going to be real with you and say, this is a thing that continues to rear its ugly head with me. Now, the thing that has changed is I now have systems and tools in place that God has taught me that when it's rearing its ugly head, I recognize it quicker. I'm able to attack it from a, a more powerful, God-centered standpoint versus just getting ran over by it, you know, like I used to in the past. So I, I have to share this with you because some of the truths that I'm going to share with you today are very hard to swallow. I still struggle to swallow some of these truths as I've dug into the Bible and I've like literally like just been like, Lord, what do you have to say about this? And I've read a lot of things about this. And when I started to recognize the truth and God really began to reveal the truth, 
I honestly just was like, oh, please tell me this isn't the truth. I don't want this to be the truth because it's just hard. It's a really hard truth to swallow. And honestly, these truths are kind of opposite of what the world teaches us. But before I get into those things, I think I said a second ago (laughs) that the two things that I see come up whenever I speak on this topic are shame and pride. When we start talking about the body, people either feel shameful, like, oh man, I stink at this. I should have been dieting more. I should have, should have, should have, should have, should have, should have. You know, have you ever heard the saying, you shouldn't should on yourself? Um, That's what happens. I see shame rise up or I see pride rise up and pride goes, oh, who are you to tell me that, you know, my way of thinking is wrong. And, and we see a lot of pride in the fitness and, and health industry these days. If you haven't noticed, there's a lot of pride that comes with it. And so neither of those places are good places to live. But I have always, when I teach on this topic, I start by praying over pride and shame. Because as you're listening, I will be so willing to bet one of those two things are going to tap you on the shoulder And even tell you, you should turn off this podcast right now. You should stop listening. I'm mad already about what she's talking about. And I just want to encourage you, press into that. Like if those two things rise up, you're welcome to pause this podcast. But if something icky rises up in you, even if you disagree with me, that's okay. It's really okay to disagree with me, but take it to God and say, God, why do I disagree with her? Is that legit that she's off? Because, hey, I'll raise both hands and tell you I'm still learning on this topic. So I might say some things that aren't 100% correct. (laughs) I might say some things that need to be fleshed out more or whatever. I do not claim to be perfect on this topic, but I do ask that you, instead of turning this off, if you get offended, I ask that you take it to God. That's the first thing I ask you to do, okay? So I'm going to pray over pride and shame, and then we're going to jump into this teaching and my testimony. So Father, I thank you so much that creating a physical body was your idea. Like, literally was your idea. You created Adam and Eve and... Uh, It was totally your idea, and it's an area the enemy has just been dominating the last thousands of years. And uh, Lord, I thank you that as we talk about this topic and bring things into the light, you're going to bring freedom and hope and healing into everybody who's listening. I also just speak right now over any pride or shame or fear that might rise up as people are listening, and we command you to go in the name of Jesus. Open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive all that you would have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so that's probably the first time I've ever opened this podcast with a prayer, not to say it's bad, but it's just that's why it's so important to me because I recognize, you know, how the enemy has literally no new tricks up his sleeve. Every time I talk about this topic, those two things, the pride and the shame rise up. So I've learned, let's just call them out and kick them out, right? And that's what we just did. So here we go. All right, so I want to just start by kind of sharing with you a little bit of my testimony. Like I said, it's been 20 years since this started to become a thing for me. And here's the deal about talking about our body. And it is this, if you haven't noticed, the health and fitness industry changes like all the time, all the time. Uh, Back, you know, when I was younger and in high school, it was the whole no fat, no sugar all that stuff going on, you know, watching your calories. Now you might notice it's more the keto and eat all the fats you want. And I mean, it's just literally my husband and I, we own a medical clinic. He's a chiropractor. Like I said, I taught group fitness for several years. We've seen it all. We've heard it all. I've honestly, I've probably tried it all because you're about to hear a piece of that in a minute, but uh, it's always changing. But here's the good news. The word of God remains the same. 
And that's what I want to ground us on today. So I'm actually going to share a lot from the Bible today. It's going to be kind of heavy on the Bible end. And that's because God's word is the only thing that has not changed over the, like, I'm only in my 30s, right? And those 35 years I've been alive, I've seen the health industry, the things they're teaching constantly changing. Next year, it'll be something different. 10 years from now, it'll be something different. You can't expect that, but you can also expect that God's word is going to remain the same. All right. Now here's the deal. Here's what we've got to do in order to have a shift happen in this culture of this whole body image dysmorphia and, and us being obsessed with bodies and neglecting and different things like that. We have to dig up the bad roots so the tree can bear good fruit. All right, I'm going to repeat that for you. We're going to dig up the bad roots so the tree, being your body, can bear good fruit. Your life, not just your body. That's part of it, but that's what we're going to do. So let me start by telling you a little bit of my testimony so that you can understand why I'm so passionate about this topic and also why when God started teaching me some of these truths, I wanted to do a kicking and screaming show because I was like, uh, that goes against everything I've been doing for the last 20 years. Uh, so I grew up, I was, I would say, believe it or not, a lazy kid. <laughs> these days, I don't tend to be too lazy, but growing up, I was pretty lazy and not too active. I love to eat. I gotta say, I still love to eat. Still love me a good baked good. That's my weakness. And then but when I was a kid, not only was I not very active, but I really just ate whatever I want. My brother used to joke that he'd see me with a Snickers bar in one hand, a donut in the other. And I go, I, don't, I can't figure out why I just keep gaining weight. Cause it was true. I just ate and I was always the overweight kid. I was always the one who you know, different church camps and whatnot, the boys, the only reason they talked to me was simply to have me ask my friend if they would go out with them, right? And uh, which in hindsight, I'm like, hey, that's not a bad thing because then I didn't have as many boyfriends, but I just was not noticed as a kid at all. And when I was in middle school and early high school, I, if you could see me, I have air quotes because I quote unquote played basketball. And by played basketball, I mean... I was like the girl who, man, I gave it my all, like I gave it 110%, but I still was just no good. And many of the years that I played, I would get to practice with the team, but I rarely got a jersey. And there was one year I did get a jersey and I was one of those people that if they put me in, it was like everybody was cheering for me because it was the last 30 seconds and woohoo, Rachel finally got to get in. You know, they all felt sorry for me kind of a thing. But I had a great time because I was there with my friends and everything. Well, my fresh, no, my sophomore year of high school, I began to have a really weird hip problem. And remember, at this point, I was still overweight. Even though I was playing basketball, I was still overweight because I was eating whatever I laid my eyes on. And I remember this hip problem came about and at first it was kind of just weird. And then it got to be excruciating pain. I went to the doctor and at the time they really weren't sure what was going on other than the x-ray showed my hip, my growth plates were growing apart rather than together, which was causing a lot of pain. And their remedy for this at the time was just, I needed to stop playing sports. And they also gave me a very bad diagnosis. They said, probably by the time I was 20, I'd need a full hip replacement and probably would never be able to birth kids naturally. And I, by the way, I've never had hip replacement and I've had three children. So I defied those odds. But 
their remedy was you just got to stop playing basketball. So I gave up basketball and they said this in the very nicest way that they could. The doctor said, and it probably would be good if you lost some weight. Now, did he give me tools to lose weight? No, he did not. I left the office going, okie dokie, I guess I'm supposed to lose weight. So me and another friend of mine, um, she said, hey, I'll do this with you. I simply stopped drinking sodas every day and I stopped eating Snickers and Skittles and all that fun stuff. Just simply gave up some of those things, right? Within a month, I had dropped 30 pounds and that weight just kept falling off because that was the very first time I was 15 years old. It was the very first time I even knew you could control how your body looked by what you put into your mouth. I never even recognize that, which sounds silly, I know, but I just didn't. I just thought, oh, I'm just an overweight girl. This is just the lot I've been given. And so whenever that shift came for me and I lost a bunch of weight overnight, my family and I had happened to go to Florida. Uh, I got a nice pretty tan. I got some pretty highlights in my hair. And I remember it like it was yesterday. I was 15 years old and I walked down the halls of our high school. And I remember being noticed for the very first time in my life by boys. And I remember that feeling of, wow, this is what it feels like for people to actually see me, to be liked, to be noticed. Oh my goodness, I love this feeling. Let's do whatever we can do to make sure this feeling does not go away. And that's exactly what I did for the next, gosh, my high school years were the worst and my college the worst, but I was just obsessed. So I went from this land of neglect, which we're going to talk about in a minute, of the girl who just ate whatever she wanted, didn't move her body at all, which is not a good place to be because you don't feel well and you're not living up to the very best that you can. And then I was swung way over into the other direction of obsession. And I began starving myself and I began taking laxatives and working out at midnight. And um, I had a, I had a dear friend Um, who we would do some of these things together like it was just normal, you know? And and a lot of times it is kind of feels normal because other people are doing it. Anyhow, just constant yo-yoing with this friend I had. We would binge together and then we'd starve ourselves together. And I would just go up and down and up and down on my weight. And I remember when I met my husband, fast forward to my college years, he really had no idea how deep ingrained this lie I had believed that my worth, my identity, how much people love me was wrapped up in my appearance. He did not quite grasp how deep that was, bless his little heart. And um, when we got married, it became very evident because I had major insecurities um, in our relationship together. And then when I got pregnant with our first daughter, I gained 60 pounds because I was like, woohoo, we can eat. Let's eat for all the people. I ate for more than two. I ate for like 10. Gained 60 pounds, uh, got preeclampsia, was just a hot mess. I thought for sure my husband was going to leave me because I'm like, I'm huge, I'm nasty, I'm ugly. How could you love me? And that was the first time when I felt unconditional love because my husband, when I was tipping the scales at 200 pounds, he was still just like, you're beautiful. Like that doesn't, you know, he, he was not ready to leave me and that shocked me. And, um, I remember it was with baby number two, I'm wrapping up my testimony parks. I've got to get to the teaching and I've already talked for 15 minutes. Now you can see why I have to put this into a series is I just have way too much to say about this topic. But whenever I got pregnant with number two, baby number two, and I was bound and determined not to gain 60 pounds that time. Cause I did, as soon as I had baby one, you better believe I was in the gym. I was working it off. 
baby number two got pregnant and I was like, I am not going to gain weight. So I really watched what I was eating with her. I exercised daily, all the things. And guess what happened? I still was putting on a lot of weight. And I remember I had gone into a doctor's appointment and I gained like 10 pounds in two weeks. And I just started bawling. And luckily, at that point, I had a doctor who was a believer. He's amazing. He, instead of looking at the number on the scale, he looked at me in the eyeballs and he said, what is going on with you? Like, there's something not right in your heart. And he was right. And he was one of the first people who called that out of me. And I, as I left that doctor's appointment that day, I went into my car and I cried, of course. (laughs) But after I got done, you know, could, could speak some words to God, I just was like, God, I cannot keep doing this. It's such a heavy burden to carry of all this pressure to look a certain way. And it just does not feel like you're the best you have for me. And he's like, you're absolutely right, Rachel. You're absolutely right. And so that was the day that he really began to do a work in my heart and start teaching me some truths about my body and about the lies I've believed. And it's been a journey. I I just have to be honest with you. You know, this message I'm going to share with you today, I shared, um, I'm not going to share the whole thing today. I'll have to share the other part of it in a next um, episode just to keep these on the shorter end. But what he shared, he taught this to me several years ago. And I have to be honest that part of what has made me hesitate to get on here and share all this with you guys is because sometimes I feel like a hypocrite. I do because I'm like, um, I'm going to teach these things. But sometimes still to this day, I have days where I don't believe these things or I don't practice them. I don't practice what I preach or I find myself back into that nasty, dark place in my mind that is obsessing over silly things that don't matter and getting distracted by the way that I feel or look or whatever. And that's exactly why I feel like I have to share this message with you is because I just need you all to know you're not alone in this struggle. Every now and then bits of this testimony comes out and people interview me on podcasts. And this one woman said she'd read an article I wrote on this or something. And she said, I was shocked to hear that you struggle with body image issues because she said you are beautiful. And when I see you on Instagram, I think, wow, she's just got it all together. Like she just looks amazing. But I think that's why it's so important for us to recognize that this issue is no um, respecter of age. It's no respecter of beauty. In fact, some models are known to to be the ones who have the worst struggles in this area. It's no respecter of age. As you know, we've heard little girls start talking about this all the way up to, to grandmas start talking about this kind of stuff. And here's the deal. I've heard a lot of messages out there that pat us on the back and say, you're beautiful. You're fearfully, wonderfully made. And while all of those things are true, you are beautiful and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. They're not getting at the root of this. So that's my heart for what I'm going to share with you today is I want to get with you at the root and share some truths that God has taught me. And then in the future episodes to come, we're going to dig in even deeper into why this is an issue as well as I am going to get into practical. I am going to get into the things God has taught me and my family on how to properly take care of our body. So we're going to get into that, all right? But for today, the thing that I feel led to share with you is three biblical truths about your temple. Now, you might have noticed in the beginning, I said we're going to talk about three biblical truths about your body. 
I'm going to shift that word body to temple. And I would like for you to start doing the same. When you refer to your body, I know it feels weird and corny and Christianese and all the things. This is one of those things that I kicked and screamed when God started talking to me about it. Because I'm like, I don't want to. I'll sound like a weirdo. Well, join the weirdo club, okay? Because it's very freeing to start calling your body a temple. Because that's exactly what it is according to the Bible. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I hear that phrase, my body is a temple, I cringe because I'm like, ah, like I've heard it misused. I've heard it quoted weird. I've just, it's just, oh, it kind of sounds like a weird phrase. So here's what I like to do. I'm a nerdy girl and that if you can explain the why to me, I can get on board with it. I'm like, okay, yeah, you got to show me some deeper meaning. I, I can't just take you at face value. Just let me nerd out on you for a second and give you some backstory on the fact that our body is a temple and why that's so powerful and what I think we might sometimes miss. So let's start with number one. The first biblical truth about your temple is our body is a temple to be taken care of is not an idol to be worshipped. Now, here's the deal. Let me read you from the message. First Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Don't just take my word for it. Let's hear what the Bible says. Um, And it says, this is for the individual. So sometimes the two passages I'm about to read you, one is concerning the individual and the next one's going to be concerning the church. So for the individual, didn't you realize that your body is a sacred place, the place of the Holy Spirit? Now, in some translations, it says temple instead of sacred place. Don't you see that you can't live however you please, squandering what God paid such a high price for? The physical part of you is not some piece of property belonging to the spiritual part of you. God owns the whole works. So let people see God in and through your body. I've heard that verse quoted quite often, especially when people use it as a, I have to tiptoe sometimes on my words because I know this whole topic can just real easily get offensive to people. And so let me try to phrase this the best, but sometimes we can use this verse as an excuse to obsess over our bodies. Okay, so now let's read the next verse. But before I do, I do want to highlight the one part that said the physical part of you, that's your body, is not some piece of property belonging to the spiritual part of you. God owns the whole works. I don't know about you, but I have often separated the physical part of myself from the spiritual part. In fact, I'm more comfortable that way. In fact, that's why I was a little upset when God started poking around on the physical part. Because I'm like, oh, whoa, 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 hold the phone, God. I can handle the physical part. You handle the spiritual part, which is so silly and insane because I want him to handle all of it. I don't want to handle any of it. My ways never work. My ways are heavy and they're burdensome. His ways are always light and blessed. All right, now here's a verse on the temple for the church as a whole. This is 1 Corinthians 3, 17. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. All right. I could share with you lots of scriptures about temple, but I want to move on and actually just address what is the temple? Like, let's do the whole digging in thing like I told you. So in the Old Testament, a temple was a tabernacle or a place where God dwelled. Read more about that in 1 Kings 6, if you'd like. In the New Testament, a temple becomes a person where God dwelled. So think about how powerful this is. 
we are the only God-made mobile temples. So instead of in the Old Testament where it had to be a physical place that we went to, now it is me and you. I literally can carry God everywhere, right? And so that is why there's such an attack. I'm going to get into that in the next teaching that I do on this. But that's one of the reasons why there's such an attack on this area, not only in body image, but also just some health issues and things like that, right? And that's why the enemy attacks it so hard. But let me tell you where this actually happened. Let me give you some proof of how this translation happened from the temple being just a building that God resided in to a person. And um, in 2 Chronicles 3.14, let me read this to you. It says, Across the entrance of the most holy place, he hung a curtain made of linen, decorated with blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and embroidered with figures of cherubim. This curtain... The veil separated the holy place from the most holy place. That's important. I want you to remember that. The most holy place is where the Ark of the Lord's Covenant was placed. The great court surrounding the temple where the people gathered to worship God. Okay, nerd out just a bit more. I promise that I'm almost done with the nerding out part. There's actually two different Greek words used to describe the temple. The first one is naos, and it refers to the actual sanctuary of the temple and was used to designate the intersection of the temple known as that holy place and holy of holies that I just talked about, right? Whereas the other word is hyron, and it would designate the outer court in the temple proper. Now, here's where you want to catch this. (laughs) The word naos, which was the one that referred to the inner, right, the holy of holies, is used in Paul's teachings six times in reference of our body as the temple. Okay, so that's really cool. And I know that was a little bit woof, maybe over the head, especially listening and not reading it. But to wrap it up, the word naos is referring to the inner place that when Paul would use the word temple, that was the type of word he would use as naos, referring to the holy of the holy where the ark of God actually dwelt. Now listen to this. This gets really cool. A sign that Jesus is Death on the cross united us to God. Here it is in Matthew 27, 51. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, rocks split apart. Now, do you remember when I talked to you about the inner circle, the curtain, which was the veil, it separated the holy place from the most holy place, right? That tore whenever Jesus died on the cross, that tore from top to bottom, how insanely cool is that, that basically when the this visual illustration that when that veil of the temple tore in two, it literally was a symbolizing us uniting God now coming into us as the temple, right? It, it cut off that dividing line of, of two different places where God resided. It just was like, woof, now God has the access if we allow him, right? If we've asked Jesus into our heart and we are born again believers, he, he now has the ability because of what Jesus did on the cross to come reside in us as the temple now. That's really cool. I know that was really deep and you might be like, whoa, okay, not tracking with you right now. That's okay. Maybe go back and listen. And also I'll try to make sure to put some good show notes in this because I know this one truth right here about our body being a temple, I could talk on for this whole time. All right. And also one other thing I want to say to you is as I'm teaching all the, this on this next series, I would love for you to drop comments directly in 
the podcast review area on iTunes. That's the easiest place for me to keep track of comments. And if you liked this, great, leave a review, you know, but also you can ask questions in a review. I mean, I can read it. So if you're like, hey, Rachel, on the next episode, I'd really love if you would go deeper into this. I totally will read those and we'll, we'll try to if I have time, okay? All right, so our first truth is that our body's a temple to be taken care of, not an idol to be worshipped. Here's our second truth that's going to lead right into that. And this is the second truth that I, like, I can get, I can wrap my brain around. Sure, yeah, yes, I'm a temple of the Most High God. Yes, I get that. Uh, I think we, we all hear that verse, though, and it's kind of hard to receive it. <laughs> but this second truth, when God shared it with me, I did not want to receive this one because it hurt. And it is. The temple falls when idols enter. So remember, we're a temple, right? If you have read your Bible any, especially in the New, uh, the Old Testament, when they're talking about temples, uh, how often did those temples fall when idols entered? So let me read you a verse that backs that up. This is 2 Corinthians 6, 16, by the way. And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. So here's what we can take away from this. Again, I could read you a lot of verses on that, but I don't have time for that today. But that one alone just sums them all up perfectly. And it's this. Sin grieves the Holy Spirit and causes us to lose intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And so I just want to reiterate that is that our body is a temple to be taken care of, not an idol to be worshipped. Here's the deal. Let me give you a visual of this and why this is so powerful. It is a temple to be taken care of. So think about your home church. I have a a picture of my home church and I think about, you know, that is a temple too, right? We still have physical temples, even though we have ourselves as temples now as well, mobile temples, but we still have that. So I think about my home church, Gateway Church is where we attend. And I think about if I walked into that church and I just started spray painting the place and I just started throwing gum on the floor that would be weird, right? I'm pretty sure they would kick me out. So if we wouldn't do that to a physical building, why in the world do we do that to our bodies? So that's the part of, it's a temple to be taken care of. Yeah. You know, it's almost a call on our life or a duty or responsibility of ours to just take care of our temple. Like clean it up, right? Don't put a bunch of garbage. And we're going to get into this later, like I said, in the practical sessions, but what I consume with my mouth, junk food wise, but let's take that deeper. What I consume with my eyes, what I listen to with my little ears, all those things are ways that I take care of this temple. Now let's move on to the part, not an idol to be worshiped. So a lot of times people do like what I did and have struggled with doing is swing from neglect all the way over to obsession. So now we become obsessed or we idolize our body and we begin to worship it. That again, it's like silliness. It's like if I went to my church and I bowed down and I worshiped the church. No, no, we're worshiping God within the church, right? I'm not there to worship the, the building. That's great. That's beautiful and all, but I'm not there to worship the building. I'm there to worship God. That's the same thing if I do that to my body. When I spend more time and more money and more energy on the outward appearance of how my body looks, and it's like my number one driving force in life, 
I am worshiping the outward temple. I'm no longer worshiping the God that resides within the temple. So we have to be very careful to not swing between those lands of obsession and neglection. A dear friend and mentor of mine, who's also the founder of Revelation Wellness, I'm a Revelation Wellness instructor, Elisa Keaton said this quote, and to be honest, I don't think she's the original one who said this, but she's the one who I heard it from, so she's going to get credit for it. And she said this about idols. They consume you as you pursue them. They disappoint you when you get them, and they devastate you when you lose them. How many of you have set a goal to lose XYZ amount of pounds or whatever your goal might have been in relation to your body? I have done that often. And I remember um, if I look back over my life and I look back even at pictures where I was super thin, super fit, just really, if you want to say it in a worldly way, smoking hot bod, right? I remember the girl inside that body and she still wasn't happy. She still, it wasn't enough for her. So I got that thing and I was disappointed because it still didn't fill the hole in my soul that only God could fill. And then guess what happened when I lost that body when I got pregnant? Or, I mean, I will just confess to you, my stomach has never been the same since I've had three children. It's just, there's some excess stuff going on down there that Yeah, let's be real. It's just never been the same. Stretch marks and all the fun stuff. It's devastating when you lose that because you go, well, who am I then? It really makes you soul search of, well, gosh, I don't have my flat stomach anymore. I don't have whatever. Am I even still valuable? Which is insane. But that's just how crazy the lies are that the enemy feeds to us. I'm going to leave you with one final truth before we move on to the third point. Is that if our spirit was on our face we would take better care of it. Again, that was a pill. When I say that statement to you, I am not saying it from a soapbox. I am saying it from the trenches because God actually spoke that word to me. And I was like, oh, that hurt because he's so right. It's so true. If you guys could all see what he sees in my heart, I would probably be like, cleaning out the jealousy a little bit quicker and cleaning out the bitterness a little bit quicker because that's embarrassing if you could see all that. And that's why the, the Bible even says man looks on outward appearance, but the Lord is looking at the heart. All right, let's jump into our third and final truth about our temple. And that is Satan uses our temple to distract us from God's call on our life. I have personally experienced this one. And if you think about this, <laughs> It's actually kind of funny in a way, not really, but kind of. In Genesis, Satan used food to distract the woman and lead her into sin. I know it was an apple, but I'm sorry. That's just slightly funny. But when she ate of it, shame came on her and her and her husband. They knew they were naked or guess what? They became aware of their temple. We were never designed to focus on our temple. If you think about that in the garden, God never created us to even know, like to recognize what was happening with our body. It was not until Eve ate of the fruit, sin and shame came in, and immediately she looked down and said, ah, I need to cover. I don't even want my own husband to see me, right? They didn't even want their spouse to see each other naked all of a sudden. Sin in the garden brought that in, and it has kept us in bondage ever since. Now, here's the good news, though. As you and I both know, Jesus came to set us free from all the bondage. So my prayer is talking about these things and just bringing these revelations into the light will help us to go, hey, there's hope. This is a a sin that came and entered into the garden 
And Jesus came to redeem all those things. So there is hope that we can be set free in this area. And here is one of the other ways that Satan uses our temple to distract us from God's call in our life. And it's because of that whole obsession thing. So the more obsessed I am with the numbers on a scale, which by the way, I don't use a scale. I'll talk about that in a later episode. And the appearance, in my outward appearance, the less obsessed I am with God's call on my life right? If you think about that, if you are somebody who uses a scale or who we look in the mirror and we start poking and prodding and pulling on, you know, even as I'm standing here, I've got a little uh, muffin top happening because we just got back from vacation. Let's actually, it's a big muffin top right now. (laughs) There's nothing little about this muffin top. But uh, whenever we start doing those kinds of obsession type things, behaviors, I don't have any energy left over to even think about what God might have wanted me to do that day. He might have really loved it if I would have spent my energy and gone over to my neighbor's house and like brought them cookies. Or maybe if I would have paid extra attention to my kids or maybe had more energy to have, you know, husband-wife relations with my husband. And instead, though, I used up all my energy that day on obsessing over what I looked like. Or how about the opposite, the neglection? Because here's the deal. We were born to move. If you take a look, even right now, I don't care if you're driving, you can still do this. I'm literally moving my hand in front of my face. And if you look at your fingers and your, all the joints in your body, our bodies are literally created to move. And when we put off taking care of ourselves, our aches and our pains, they distract us. You may have heard this before, but I'm going to say it again. You have to take control of your health or it will take control of you. And when I say take control, I mean, let the Lord help you in on this. And we're going to talk about that again in a later episode. I'm not trying to leave you hanging on all this, but just kind of some sneak peeks into what we'll be talking about. I'm not going to nerd out on you right now. There's actually three different planes of motion in your body. The sagittal, transverse, and frontal planes. And um, most of us, though, only operate in the sagittal plane. So this leaves muscles in our body weak and overlooked. And did you know that most injuries come from weak or overworked muscle groups? And the same is true spiritually. There's a lot of analogies that cross over from our physical body to our spiritual body. Um, And if we do not cross train, the enemy will pounce on our weaknesses. All right. So just to recap, because I do want to finish up here quickly, is the three biblical truths about our temple. The first one is that our body is a temple to be taken care of, not an idol to be worshipped. The second is that the temple falls when idols enter. And the third is Satan uses our temple to distract us from God's call on our life. Now, some of this, what I shared today, kind of seems depressing, right? I mean, I was like thinking about this, sharing this, and I know I'm going to share this in a series, and I am going to bring hope and like how-tos moving forward. But I don't want you to wait. Since this podcast releases every other Wednesday, I don't want to be like leaving you on such a heavy note. (laughs) So while we are going to go deeper into all this in the future, the, the whys and then the how to overcome, I want to leave you today with just a couple practical things that will hopefully leave you on a high note. Um, and it's this, here are three simple ways of how you can just honor your temple and get some freedom in this area. And the first one is bring the first of your body to God and he will bless it. Now, this might sound a little bit strange and let me explain. Um, in fact, I, um, a couple years ago for not for very long, but I think six months to a year or so, I had a at-home membership 
site called First Fruit Fitness where I provided workouts and stuff. And the Lord called me away from that because I'm starting to do some other things on speaking and writing like this podcast um, that I need more time for. And I'm in grad school. But the name First Fruits Fitness came to me when God started teaching me about this temple stuff because it made sense that he calls us just like tithing. If we'll bring our tithe and offerings to God out of obedience, he blesses it because that's just what he does. And that's what his word says he's going to do. And here's the cool thing. If you think about the fact that our body is a temple, right? We bring our tithes to the temple, to the storehouses. If we also do this with our physical body. So for example, here's what this looks like. You exercise out of obedience because the Lord told us to take care of the body. We actually don't exercise to lose weight. The weight loss and the muscles are simply the fruit that follows from us being obedient to exercise and eat the right foods. That's kind of a lot to wrap your brain around. I know if you've not heard this before, like when God started teaching it to me, I was like, oh, that's lame, right? Because <laughs> we've all been taught the whole reason I exercise is to get the bikini body or to get whatever. And, you know, if you're listening to this today and you're like, no, I don't, I exercise strictly because I want to be thin. I am not condemning you for those thoughts. I, I just want you to know this is a thing between you and God. Only you know where you are. And I will honestly tell you, there were seasons in my life that if somebody had preached a message like this to me, I would have rolled my eyes. I would have turned the thing off and I would have said, they're crazy. They're judgmental. They're blah, 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 blah. Because I would not have been in a place to receive this kind of a message. So if that's you today and you're like, um, no, I've literally, every time I've taught this message, I've had at least one person come back and be like, um, no. And I've learned not to take that offensively because I know it's just that person was not in a place where they could receive this. But I want to also ask you if that's you and you're kind of rolling your eyes and you're like, oh, this is lame, whatever. I want to ask you again, just like I said in the beginning, take it to God. Ask him why it offended you. Ask him what he says about all this with you. Because here's the cool thing we're going to get into in a later episode is our bodies are temples, but they're all very individually and uniquely made. So what works for me may not work for you. My heart is not to give you a bunch of rules and regulations. You can search the internet and find so many rules and regulations to follow that you'd be busy for days figure, you know, studying those rules and regulations. My heart is to get you to understand God cares about your body. He wants to be part of not just the spiritual you. He wants to be part of the physical you too. He made it. It was his idea to have a physical body. He knows how it runs. He knows how it functions. He's the healer. He's the great physician. So he's the one who knows how uniquely made you are. He's the one who knows what kind of diet is best for you. And I hope you know that word diet actually means lifestyle. So it's kind of funny when you hear people say, I'm going on a diet. I want to be like, oh, so you're going on a lifestyle? Okay. Are you really though? Because a lot of us start quote unquote diets that are not sustainable as a lifestyle. So that's what my prayer is here, that just you open up this conversation between you and God. So the first thing that you can do, like I said, is bring the first of your body to God and he'll bless it. The second thing is abide in him. Um, John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. 
apart from me, you can do nothing. And it's just like the sun, like the physical sun, you know, up in the sky, <laughs> that big yellow thing you see. When we don't have exposure to the sun, we get a case of the winter blues, and it's due to the lack of vitamin D. And the same is true with the sun, S-O-N, sun, like Jesus. If we don't get exposure to him, we'll get depressed, we'll get discouraged, we'll get sick, right? So just abide in him. Super simple, but it's very easy and it produces a lot of fruit in our life. And the last thing I would leave you with is this. Ask him, Holy Spirit-led health and wellness is the only way to thrive instead of survive. Again, you're going to hear me say that a lot as I teach this series is you have got to bring the Holy Spirit into this walk. It will be miserable if you don't. Uh, you have to come to a breaking point where you go, I'm done doing this on my own. Like I did in that parking lot after I got weighed in for my daughter and just kept gaining weight. I was like, Lord, I'm done. I am done trying to, you know, be something that I'm not and putting so much hope into something that will literally fade away. You know, the Bible says that, that beauty is fleeting and charm is deceptive, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Okay, I've got to wrap up here because this went way longer than a solo episode usually goes for me. But I do want to leave you with just a couple questions to consider as you think about this. And I'll try to drop these in the show notes for you so that you, I know a lot of you drive or do different things when you're listening to this. But here's one question. And these questions kind of go with those truths that we talked about. The first one is, is there an area of your temple that you have built an idol or perhaps not taken care of it at all? And I would sit with God on these questions, okay? Here's the next question. Why are you here? And by that, I mean like on this earth. Like what's, what's God's purpose for you? What, what are his plans? And how is your obsession or neglect of your temple keeping you from that? And then let me leave you with this. What area is God asking you to give the first of yourself to him? Exercise, how you eat, reading his word, or just some other area? Ask him those things. Okay. I'm going to finish up my praying and then we're going to hop off here. So Father, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for this message. I thank you that I really sense you're just opening the floodgates of heaven to begin to just heal. I just speak healing right now in the name of Jesus where um, insecurity and shame and doubt and fear have been dwelling. Even where physical ailments have been present, chronic sicknesses, Lord. I speak to those things and I command them to go, especially as hearts are open to receive what it is you want to do, where you want to bring healing. I pray for healing in marriages, in relationships that possibly have not been the best that they could be because of maybe body image issues or any other things that goes along with that, Father. Help us to look at you more than we look down at ourselves, Lord. May we be so focused on the mission ahead that we... Don't even worry. Don't even stop to worry what's happening right now and how we look, Lord. May we just be so on fire for you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, friends, that is all that I have for today. I will be seeing you back here again shortly on Real Talk with Rachel, where we'll be diving even deeper into this topic of biblical body image. Have a great day.